Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, my name is uh, Dr. Adam Brusky. I'm Professor of Medicine and Co-Director of the Comprehensive Breast Cancer Center of the UPMC Hillman Cancer Center at McGee Hospital and the University of Pittsburgh. And today I'm going to talk about how does real-world evidence expand our understanding of CDK4 inhibitor use in special populations with hormone receptor positive, HER2 negative, metastatic breast cancer. So these are the real-world evidence that we've used to address populations that were not in the clinical trials. Uh, there's male breast cancer, there's cancer in Asians, uh, breast cancer in Asians and breast cancer in African-Americans. All of this are um, metastatic hormone receptor positive breast cancer. And again, there were limited amounts or limited numbers of all three of these groups uh, in the large randomized clinical trials, in particular those of palbociclib. So this actually involves palbociclib. This is a real-world analysis of palbociclib in combination with endocrine therapy in men. Male breast cancer, again, very rare, about uh, one in 3,000 of all breast cancers. Uh, but this actually was from a pharmacy and medical records database, as well as an electronic health-related database. And you can see here uh, how these patients are selected. You can start with about 33,000 patients, male breast cancer patients, and again, go down to metastatic disease, and then one cancer type. And as we can see, as we go down through here, patients who had palbociclib between February 2015 and April 2017, and suddenly you're down now to about 147 patients. So the control group, again, uh, there are control groups here. The same thing, you start here with patients who had male breast cancer patients who had a metastatic breast cancer ICD-9 or 10 diagnosis, about 2,000 of these patients. And again, you can see you get down to very small amounts of patients. This is actually with the ribociclib instead of palbociclib in this analysis. Uh, and this just shows you kind of the demographics of these patients are pretty typical uh, for male breast cancer. Again, a little bit older than women, a median age of about uh, 64 with palbociclib. And again, the category here, about 5% African-American, about 3% Asian. Again, all are HR positive, worms that are positive, the vast majority of her two negative. And in all of these analyses, you can see here, basically most of them had therapy in the first line, although some had the second line. And because of that, what you see here is that um, this is palpocyclin, less or less alone. Um, this is a mix of first and second line patients, the median duration of treatment, uh, which corresponds to kind of response, uh, is about 9.4 months, which is about three months with letrozole. So there is a benefit uh, to palpocyclin in this particular analysis. Now, what about Asian populations? This is real-world clinical data in Asian metastatic breast cancer. These are eight institutions throughout East Asia. And again, I think that uh, East Asian breast cancer is a little bit different. It can predominantly, at least in women, be more of a premenopausal disease, although there are a substantial number of patients that are postmenopausal and women who um, have it as well. But what you can see here, these are metastatic breast cancer patients who are with one cycle of palpociclib, either with letrozole or fulvestrant. This is uh, women that are postmenopausal predominantly postmenopausal, and again, uh, predominantly first line going through this uh, concert diagram. And again, looking only at the first line palbociclib, and you can see treatment is ongoing. However, they do have patients who are on fulvestrin and palbociclib, many of whom have had prior chemotherapy uh, in this particular analysis. So what you can see here, this is the progression-free survival with letrozole, uh, predominantly first line patients. You can see the median progression-free survival is 25.6 months uh, in the Asian population, which is, which is comparable 
uh, actually uh, to Paloma 2. Uh, with um, fulvestrin pavocyclic, mean, of course, free survival is about 6.7 months or 6.37 months, which is a little bit less um, than that seen in Paloma 3. So at least for the first line, it seems to be about the same. The second line, it's not. And again, if you look back, you can see there's a lot of patients that had prior chemotherapy here. So they were a little bit higher risk, a little bit further progressive, maybe third line, even third line or beyond before they got another hormonal therapy. Maybe they had a first line hormonal therapy, got two, maybe one or two cycles of chemo uh, and then or one or two um, regimens of chemo and then actually uh, received potentially palbociclib in later lines. This is the best overall response, also similar to that seen in Paloma 2, uh, partial response uh, with letrozole and palbociclib um, seen uh, in about 40% of the patients, a little bit less than, than was seen in Paloma 2, and with fulvestrin palbociclib, a little bit more actually. Uh, the response rate in Paloma 3 uh, was, I believe, about probably 15, 20% here in patients with measurable disease. It's about 26, 27%. Um, again, the Benia PFS is similar uh, to the clinical trial with letrozole and palbociclib, but a bit less with fulvestrin and palbociclin. Finally, uh, there was an abstract presented at this year's San Antonio meeting, again, looking at the large P-Reality X experience that we've had with palbociclin from the Flatiron database. And again, this is a, a subset of a trial, a larger trial or larger um, analysis of about uh, a little under 3,000 women treated with palbociclin and aromatase inhibitor or aromatase inhibitor alone over a about five-year period from early 2015 uh, to about the middle of uh, 2020. And again, um, these are the African-American subgroups of this particular study. And you can see, again, they're very similar, I believe, to the overall trial itself. Median age of AI seems a little bit older. The performance status is roughly the same, distributed maybe a little bit more patients who have poor performance status receiving uh, aromatase inhibitor alone. Again, about a third had bone-only disease, looking at the right-hand area more patients with de novo metastatic breast cancer in this analysis actually received palbociclib. Again, I think the patients with the number of metastatic sites are roughly uh, the same. And the follow-up was a little bit less uh, with the aromatase inhibitor alone. Uh, but what we can see here from these Kaplan-Meier curves that there is a progression-free survival benefit. Um, again, the real-world progression-free survival is 18 months, a little bit less than the clinical trial. Uh, but with the aromatase inhibitor, it's about 10 months, also a little bit less than the clinical trial. So I think that these uh, African-American patients in general uh, probably had a poorer prognosis. So the hazard ratio of 0.63 is close to the hazard ratio seen in the clinical trial of about 0.58. Interestingly enough, in the overall survival, the median overall survival uh, from aromatase inhibitor in the African-American population was about 28 months. With palbociclib added to that, um, it wasn't reached. And again, you know, you have to adjust, obviously, they're confounding variables here, but there does appear, at least in this limited analysis, to be an overall survival benefit in the African-American population, this real-world analysis. Uh, and again, if you look at the, the overall survival rate at 36 months uh, with palbociclib and aromatase inhibitor was about 60 months versus about 44 months with aromatase inhibitor alone. So again, I think that there, uh, there are benefits in this real-world analysis that are consistent, at least in terms of hazard ratio, with the uh, larger clinical trials. So I think just to kind of summarize this, I think real-world evidence helps us understand CDK4-6 inhibitors uh, in special populations. I think the hazard ratios are consistent with the randomized clinical trials in just about all of the scenarios here. They're pretty close within the margins of error. Uh, the absolute pr progression-free survival is consistent with randomized clinical trials uh, in Asians and in and African-Americans is the absolute PFS difference. And I think these data generally can be used in shared decision-making. I think that, again, they don't substitute for randomized clinical trial, but I think they kind of fill in the gaps a little bit and give us some comfort 
uh, that when we do um, observational or real-world analyses, uh, they are consistent with the randomized clinical trial. So with that, again, thank you very much for listening to me. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.